Happy day, friends. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy days. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> that song reminds me of 5 o'clock a.m. B103 Sunday mornings when I'd be like spending the night with my like at my aunt's house. And that song would come on as the alarm's going off. And this is like before like CDs were really a thing. So it was like the radio was playing this song every Sunday at 5 a.m. to wake you up so you could go to church. That is very, very random, but interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Because she was living, she was living in Gwinnett and then we'd have to drive all the way to Lithonia to go to New Birth. That's what I remember. New Birth before it was New Birth, before all the stuff with Eddie Long, like when New the first, probably the first building of New Birth when it was just a little bitty church. I can't even think of the name of the street it was off of. Yeah, but you had to park across the street in the dirt because it mm-hmm. was growing too big. But yeah, that's what that song reminds me of. <laughs> Interesting. That's almost like old school New Mercies when we used to be off of Rockbridge parking in right. the dirt. I wow. Dang, that I takes me back. And yeah. memories. Ugh, right. memories. Anyways. Somebody listening may be like, I went there too. Hold up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you go back into the archives, you know, if they got videos, you know, oh, um, and we were there. <laughs> but anyway. Anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, 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 boos. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of QID. The podcast that's going to tell you what to do in that weird period of wedding planning when you don't know what to do. So, Tania, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's based off something I read recently. You know, I'd be reading. How would you feel if you found out that somebody that had invited you to their wedding, invited you to their bridal shower, and like, you know, you would text them from time to time. You're like, okay, how's your, you know, just checking on them as they're going through this whole process. You always had good like vibes with them, nothing bad. How would you feel if you found out that they was talking junk about you? Huh. All right. So, I mean, I would definitely be hurt just because, you know, the type of person that I am and, you know, I love and I give heart to people who, who I call my friend. Now, if I don't call you friend, then... I don't really care. I probably would confront, not in a bad way, but I would ask the person about it. And if they lied, well, for one, I would have to figure out, is the source reliable? You know, because that's important to know. Is the source reliable? And if they were my friend, then I would feel comfortable approaching them about it as we discuss on a upcoming episode about friendships. Um, these are hard conversations to have, but as adults, you know, it's important to have these hard conversations to move forward. 
And if they did say these things about me, then I would try to figure out, well, you know, like, well, like, what is this stemming from? Because, you know, as I get older, I can get set in my ways. And so I need to know if I need to change something about me or I don't want to say change something about me, but, you know, approach, approach a situation differently. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because a lot of people don't know if they are being harsh or, you know, uh, what's another word? Like how they come off, like how, how you come up, like you may say something or do something that was harmless to you, but then somebody mm-hmm. took it the wrong way. You just trying yeah. to make sure. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've had that situation occur many, 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 many times, you know? And so I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can accept that and change for the better. Okay. So, yeah. So I'd be hurt. But if they were my friend, I would approach it in such a way that is not like 99, 2000 Tania, but (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) I'm just playing. But, you know, I would, I would definitely approach that person and figure out what's going on and why you talking about me behind my back. (laughs) That's rude. Okay. I was, I was just curious because you never know. Sometimes that happens are going through their planning process. They find out they have ops. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but no, sometimes there are, I think during wedding planning, it's already just a like more emotional or like sensitive moment where that could be a time that someone could you know, like they could misconstrue something that wasn't really what you thought it was. So yeah, curious. How would you handle that situation? I think pretty similarly to you, like it would depend on the person that brought that up to me. But then also like I would consider my interactions with that person, like since, you know, like if we interacted after I found that out, how our interactions were beforehand and depending I may just reach out and be like, Hey, are we good? I just want to make sure I didn't do anything to like, just like rub you the wrong way. Yeah, (laughs) Like even me just going back and thinking like, maybe I said something in a way that like, I, I didn't mean it that way. So just trying to also frame it as like, I was just being self-reflective. Even if they're like, what? what are you talking about? Girl, no, you good. Because sometimes people say that and then they're lying. So that's true. I want to give you I've the done room. that. <laughs> right, same. <laughs> like, I want to give you the room to be truthful. But if not, I just want you to also know that like, hey, I'm taking possible ownership of if I did do something wrong. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll love them from a distance and keep it moving. Because everyone is not meant to be in your life. That so. is very true. That is a very hard reality of being an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. Well, y'all are going to enjoy this episode. This is definitely a pass it on to your friends. So if you know of anyone that's going through their wedding planning process, even if you're on the other side of yours or you're almost done with yours, if you know somebody that's engaged, let them hear this episode because there's definitely going to be a lot of good gems for you to hold on to that everybody will always need because the the planning process for the most part doesn't really change.
We have a very, very special guest with us today. So special that I made up an entire topic just to get to see her again. <laughs> guess would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Courtney. I'm with The Charming Details. We are a wedding planning company in Atlanta, Georgia. And for those that don't know, Courtney was my planner. I absolutely love her. If you ever crawl in my DMs and ask me about Courtney, I will give nothing but glowing reviews and this happens more than <laughs> you would imagine like literally in january was the last time i had to do this meaning just a few weeks ago <laughs> um we're so excited to have you on this is a topic that may not be like a popular like uh like a hot and sexy type of topic but it's like this is an important piece of information that I think folks need to know, especially if they're planning, because, you know, you got that window of time where you don't know what you're doing. But we're going to get into all that shortly. But first, Courtney, for those that don't know, um, tell us how long you've been wedding planning and what brought you to it. Okay. So I've been doing weddings since 2017. My own wedding is what brought me to it. I had so much fun planning my own wedding that I started um, working as a intern for planners in Atlanta that landed me into a job. Um, and from that job, I turned into their trainer for day of coordinators. Um, so I was training like a new girl every weekend. It felt like I, they had a team of 20. Um, some of them I'm still in contact with to this day, which is awesome. Um, and then from there, it kind of just turned into my own company. A lot of my friends were pushing me to to start my own company because I was having so much fun with it. I really enjoy it to, to now where I've done over a hundred weddings. So yeah. And you're so good at it. And I'm not just saying it to say it. You're like, you think of stuff that no one would ever think of. And it's just because you know this space so, so well. So I've seen a lot of scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yep. It, it is because... I, I'm quick on my feet when those things happen. And I have a lot of random things in my emergency kit that I can even give some <laughs> tips today on uh, to have. Because especially here in Georgia, it's just some things you need. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know the extra stuff. The okay. extra stuff that's in that kit. Because uh, <laughs> here in Georgia. <laughs> so if you're in Georgia, you need to have orange juice. Um, and like some heavy crackers and things like that because people drink and they, they don't eat. And I've had one too many people mm. go down during a ceremony outside. Like I'm talking like a groomsman <laughs> falling down <laughs> mid-ceremony. Wow. We oh got to quickly give them a cold, pull them out to the side first. Ceremony kept going, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> give them a cold compress, give them that orange juice for my kid. Um, the, the peanut butter crackers that is like from elementary school. I have those. <laughs> oh, no. They hypoglycemic. Yeah, like you got to get that person back to Oh, my gosh. You got to get their blood sugar back up. You got to get them back to life real quick. And people always like, because I've been telling my sisters, don't drink my orange juice because I need that, especially in the summer. Don't drink the orange juice. Oh That's not for the team. That's for if somebody goes down. <laughs> 
You're like, I saw that one time. <laughs> Ever since then, I could just imagine like you, every wedding is like, all right, something I'm going to add to the emergency kit just so yeah. that. <laughs> so many random things. But you know what? Like the summers here in Atlanta is mm-hmm. is like no joke. So I can understand. I mean, well, anywhere in Georgia, to be honest, but I can understand why you need all of that. So mm. I've had mm-hmm. to use it. One too many times. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather be ready yep. so you can stay ready versus yep. somebody having to run up to the racetrack. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we gotta be ready. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, we're going to have a good time today. I can tell. Um, Before we dive into that, of course, now we got to play this or that, which is a game we play every single week. Pick between one option or the other. Explain why. Courtney, because you're our guest, you're going to go first. Um, And trying to stick kind of with the topic here. So to start, would you prefer to start working on, so like, Think from the perspective of the bride. Mm -hmm. Would you start working on your guest list as soon as y'all start talking about marriage? Or would you start working on the guest list after you get the ring? After I get the ring. Okay. Why? You got to lock it in if we're going to discuss these things. You got to lock it in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What about you, Tania? I'm also going to go um, with after you get the ring. Because when y'all talk about marriage, that can go either way. You know, so yeah, I agree with Courtney. Okay. I'm going to disagree with both of you because we start working on our guest list before, but we start working on all this before. (laughs) And I'm glad we kind of started some of that sooner than later. But at the end of the day, that whole list got like basically scratched, start all over. (laughs) We just threw that thing, (laughs) threw it away. All right. So round two. Would you prefer to DIY your wedding invitation suite or DIY a flower wall that will be the backdrop on the wedding day? <laughs> Y'all both shaking your heads. I can DIY. See, I can go to Etsy. I can get a nice template. I can find somebody to print it. I'm not messing with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Tania? Going through the process, I mean, I think before... I planned my wedding, I would have said, oh, the flower wall. But mm-mm, I don't want to do any of it, none of it. I don't want to DIY yeah. none of it. Um, but I mean, I will put together like something online, but I'm not going to DIY it. Like, But the invitations, like that sounds like less work. But yeah, I'm definitely not going to do any arts and crafts. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I can do the invitation suite. The flower wall seemed a little too much. Like, there's too many logistics of dealing with that beyond just even trying to get the flower wall, like, assembled. No, I don't feel like doing it at all. Okay. So round three. Would you book your makeup artist first or would you say yes to the dress first? From when I was a bride, I went dress shopping first. So I would say dress. Because that kind of builds your look from there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Tania. I'm going to book my makeup artist first because <laughs> I want to make sure that I have her locked in. I can find the dress. I mean, some people find their dress like a month before the wedding. So I'm definitely going to have my makeup artist locked in. Of course, y'all already know it's going to be B. Yeah. And B's books be booked up. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I'm 
that I'm in, you know, I'm in the books. So definitely makeup artists. Okay. Okay. I would also say the same because I wouldn't be as well in Via's book. So you're right. I'm going to book the makeup artist and then I'm going to figure everything else out afterwards. Okay. Okay. So final round. Say there is a videographer that is like the best, like just that person. Everyone knows this vendor, like they're in magazines. They're just, they're that person, but they only take on like so many weddings a year. So, you know, if you're going to have one of their weddings, like, or if they're going to capture your wedding, it is like, okay, yeah. Your posts are going to go viral. You're probably going to get some extra followers. Like, it's just going to be that because everyone knows that vendor is that vendor. Because that vendor only takes on so many weddings a year, they have a wait list. And so they kind of stretch out the process of selecting who is on their wait list or not. Would you, in this instance, pay $2,500 to skip the wait list or to get on top of the wait list? Or would you just hope for the best? <laughs> like, I'm on the wait list and we'll see. I would probably pay to skip the wait list. Ooh, okay. Why? Video and photography are the two most important things to me. I feel like you can get married mm. in your backyard. If you got a bomb photographer and videographer, that video is going to be nice regardless. Yeah. And you, you have that for life. So you can show your grandkids, look how lit my wedding was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good well, point. I was. I would like to skip the line. Okay. Tania, what about you? <laughs> to be honest, I'd probably say the same thing. Um, I mean, if you would have asked me before I started planning my wedding, I'd be like, oh, I'm going I'm to hope for the best. You know, like I'm going I'm to find somebody else. But, you know, I done gone through the storms and trials and tribulations <laughs> and, you know, the fire. <laughs> <laughs> walking on coals. <laughs> so I'm going to pay the $2,500. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think I would too. Because I think for me, I would just factor that into the cost of their services, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're worth it, they're worth it. Now, vendors out here, if you're listening, don't steal this idea. If you do, you got to give Hugh I do a little cut. Because you didn't have this waitlist idea before listening to this episode. Um, just kidding, but not just kidding. All right. So now we're going to go into the episode, the combo, the good little key. Because this is a thing, like we were saying, that pops up a lot. You get engaged, you select a few vendors, and you're like, cool. And then you're waiting. And waiting and waiting for those like maybe three months leading up to the wedding period. So say if you're engaged a year, there may be like six, seven, maybe even eight months of just not really doing a lot. If you kind of front load a lot of your vendor selection and have a lot of that taken care of in advance. So this episode is for y'all to figure out what should you be doing? What should you be prioritizing in that in-between time? So you're not rushing at the last minute, but you're also on schedule. And Courtney knows all about this. So she's the perfect person to kind of help us all figure this out. Um, Because yeah, this comes up more than 
you would kind of guess. So to start essentially is what should those like first vendors be that are booked? So like within those first like three to four months of your engagement or your wedding planning process, like what should already be checked off? Okay. So the first venue, first is venue because you can't have a wedding date without where you're getting married. So of course you have to have that venue. Um, and that one can be very hard because it's like, oh, you haven't thought about guest lists. Oh, and all those details. And you have to have all of that kind of mapped out first, like an d- idea of what you want to spend, all that good stuff before you get the venue. So, but number one is venue. Number two, the first vendor af- after you have the venue is photography. These photographers get booked, mm. especially the good ones. They get booked a year out plus. You cannot wait last minute for those folks. Um, so photography. And we were just talking about how, you know, skip the line for the video <laughs> because you'll reach out to some folks early and they might already be booked. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after you get that venue, because I have a couple like that right now, I'm like, hey, we need to get on the photography right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then number three is your decor, floral. You need to hop on that ASAP because those people also get booked. And then you can kind of plan around um, what your look is going to look like and all that good stuff. Uh, but if you really want a good florist, they get booked up. And you don't want to get the the leftover people. You want to get the people you've been eyeing on their Instagram, that you love their work. Um, so you really got to hop on those people. Mm. Top three, venue, photography, and florals. I did not expect that with the florals. I don't know Same. why, but I just didn't expect you to say that. What were you guys' thoughts? What would you think is come after photography? Well, probably for me, planner, because I ain't finna do all this. Okay, so this is if you have a planner, because a lot of my couples, right after they get engaged, they get me, then the venue, then the photographer. So yeah, if you're if you're looking for a planner, definitely that's like your number one person right after you get engaged, because they can help you with the okay. budget and stay in line with that, because venues have a lot of different fees that might be in there that you're not aware of. Um, and a planner is going to make you aware of those things. So, like, I'm forgetting about me, but thinking from a bride's perspective, yes, planner. You do want to get a planner. Um, and then you want to get your venue, photography. And then I like to go for florals after that. that yeah. Makes sense. So, that's uh, if you already have me included in that. <laughs> top four. Yeah. I. I agree with that top three. Um, definitely the planner first, the venue, and then a, and then of course the photographer, videographer. But more so the photographer first because you want to get that locked in. Um, I'm not saying that you have to have a videographer. That would be great. But if you don't, then definitely that photographer. And then after that, I think everyone else, you know, well, makeup artists, hairstylists, because they get booked and busy, especially like the yes. good ones. Um um, so what I like yeah. to do for my couples, I actually break it all down into months. Um, when I get a client where it's 12 months of planning, I actually put in there, this is who we're going to try to book each month. Catering takes a while because first you're starting off with discussion about your your menu. Then they got to build a proposal mm-hmm. that takes a week or two weeks. And then from there, it takes another two weeks to get a tasting scheduled. And then if you're doing multiple tastings, that's like two, three weeks. So it takes like two months, honestly, for a caterer. Um, so that's who I like to do after you have your florals done. Because venue, florals, 
catering are your top three uh, budget pieces. So I like to kind of lay those out in the front end of planning. So then you kind of know those numbers. Um, me as a planner, I kind of know those numbers once you tell me what you're looking for and your guest count. But still, my clients, they always get that sticker shock. <laughs> so I kind of like to lay out those big vendors up front. So if you're not big on food, you're not a foodie, you need to think about that because in the beginning. Because, yeah, this is one of the first people you're booking, but you got a lot of other people you still need to book. Um, so like I said, I lay it out in different months. So I suggest brides without a planner kind of do that too. Try to lay out those um, priority people into months so you don't overwhelm yourself because some people get very overwhelmed. Um, so I suggest doing that. That makes sense. I feel like Tania was the overwhelmed bride. Well, I mean, that's because I had so much stuff going on. I mean, I yeah. was in school full time. I was working full time. We, I mean, we couldn't decide on a, on a venue until like eight months ago. And so I feel like by the time that I got to all of my vendors that I wanted to like reach out to the vendors that we have, you know, of course, like relationships with, they were all booked, um, excluding a few. And so, yeah, I was stressed because I was like, I don't know how, I don't know how this going to look like. I don't know how it's going to be. And I was just, I mean, like you said, like you don't want to get like the slim pickings. And I feel like that's what I got. Not everyone now, but you know, but I feel like I had to like search hot. Well, I had to search low, you know, to find, I had to sift through some people to get the people that I, <laughs> you, you laughing, but I'm telling the truth. I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm telling you everyone that I like reached out to, oh, I'm sorry, Tania. Like, I really wish I could do this for you, but I'm already yeah. booked. Like that's what it was back to back to yeah. back. So Yeah. Yeah, I was I was distressed. And eight months of planning is drastically different than 12 months of planning. My eight months brides that come to me, we're only booking vendors within three months. That's the timeline I have it set out for, uh, for for pushing it. But they're doing like multiple people in that first month. And like I said, catering takes a while. Like my client just booked their, their caterer. It has been two months because it takes so long. Uh, so, yeah definitely challenging and then when you try to don't be a bride that like reaches out and think you could come back a month or two later after you've kind of ghosted that vendor because they're gonna be booked <laughs> really gotta stay yep. on it yeah so it was a struggle so i understand so please 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 listen to her advice um so i know you talked about like the vendors that need to be mm -hmm. booked between you know like if you're doing a 12 well like if you are planning a year mm -hmm. in advance eight months in advance. Um, so, and so like, I know you talked about the top three, who do you think should be like, I guess, like coming afterwards, you know, like depending on, you know, the um, timeline. Another thing you need to kind of start after you get your flowers catering. If you're doing custom invitations, you need to jumpstart that. Um, I've had a lot of custom invitation creators tell me that they need 12 months, eight months. Yeah. 12 months. What? <laughs> They're making some custom invitations, okay? <laughs> what are they, they doing? The yeah. <laughs> are they cutting out the yeah. stuff by, <laughs> by hand? Making the scissors. <laughs> Girl, they not sewing. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been told 12 months. Um, but I've, I've been able to talk to some other vendors who have been doing a closer timeline. But yeah, hop on invitations. Or at least have it saved in your mind. 
what these invitations are going to cost, who's going to make them. Um, because you now know your look and things like that once you've talked to florals. So you kind of have an idea of what how things are going to look. So yeah, invitations. Those beauty vendors are very important, like y'all mentioned. They get booked. They're, they are booked and busy. And they can't really do a lot of different weddings. They they, they do one weddings a day. So you need to get the, those vendors. Um, and then from there, it just kind of falls in line with the extras is what I call them. You know, your photo booth, your rentals, um, all those different things. Those kind of fall in line um, following. But you want to get those main vendors booked. Efficient. Who's going to be the efficient there? Do you need to hire somebody? Is a friend going to do it? Is your pastor going to do it? Do you have to do premarital counseling with your pastor for six months? You want to do that well in advance <laughs> before you get hit with those premarital requirements for your pastor. Um, yeah, so all of those different things, you want to kind of have those follow naturally. Uh, with 12 months, uh, I like my brides to kind of have everything booked like six months, within six months. Um, so you have another six months of the little... Oh, I, I want to add this. Oh, I want to do this. Um, those things always pop up. I really had Wait. no idea about the invitation yes. suites. But mm -hmm. I do know that like couples, they spend a pretty penny on the invitation suite. And I'm just like, all the invitations I got, they either in the trash or in a, in, in a drawer or on my refrigerator. <laughs> hanging up. <laughs> hanging <laughs> up. <laughs> Especially if they're like really getting booked because they're super popular, they need to know in advance mm -hmm. so they can put you on their schedule. Make sure that because there was a paper shortage last year, that was another thing. Ooh. So that might have been oh. everybody had a shortage, it felt like, but there was a paper shortage. <laughs> so that might have been another reason why uh, they they wanted to have people booking well in advance. So yeah, keep those things in mind. <laughs> Especially if you want custom. Minted is there. I'm yeah. a I like They're minted. great. Yeah. Custom is always fun. Especially when you have it like keepsake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff just costs so much. And I'm like, it just going to trash. Like, it was this worth it? But I, I know, I know. Some people like it. But speaking of invitations, so when should they send out the save the dates? Okay, so save the dates. I like to have my couple send it out like eight months in advance. Um, so that's the latest I've had some couples where they send it out like a year in advance. Um, I had a December bride. Mm -hmm. She sent it out this past December. Um, so it's kind of like mm -hmm. a cute little Christmas card, save the date for her. Uh, but you know, stick to around like eight months because any, any closer you're pushing it to, this might as well be an invitation. <laughs> yeah. Eight months okay. is my sweet, my sweet spot. It's not bad. It's not bad. Wait, what about the DJs? Like when should the, are they a part of the extras? No, no, so like beauty vendors or... around there. So let's kind of backtrack. So you have your venue, you have your planner, your venue, your photographer, um, and then you go into florals. Around the catering mark, catering, DJ, makeup artist, I kind of all, I have those usually all lumped up around the same time. Because the DJs, they are very popular. Luckily, a lot of the DJs here in Atlanta, they're starting to expand their networks where they have multiple DJs. So at least you can still get that company. Um, but if you're looking for like one specific person, a lot of times they get booked up. So if you're really looking for one specific person, I probably will reach out to them a little earlier. 
Um, but luckily there's a lot of network coming up. Uh, but I always lump them around that catering, beauty vendors, um, DJ area. So you can kind of group people into a priority list. Um, I always like to ask my couples, what, like, what's a priority? Um, some people cake isn't really a priority. So maybe we can put that on the back end. Maybe even get a cake through your caterer, um, things like that. But if DJ is like top priority, we might need to bump them up. If they're above flowers to you, we might need to bump them up. Um, weddings are very personalized. Some things do not matter to some people. Like me, I don't care about cake. You can, you can throw a vanilla cake up there, make it look cute. I don't really care. I like cheesecake. <laughs> but everybody wants the wedding cake. So let me focus on who I actually care about, which is decor. I care about decor. So those are the first vendors in photography. That's who the first people I'm looking for. To make sure I get my favorites. So this is the standard that I like to go for that I'm listing out. But couples could definitely prioritize people if they really have some favorites that they want. Okay. When would you suggest brides get their dress? Okay, so the and lock in like the bridesmaids dress. Okay, too. so the dress. A lot of these companies have been twelve months. That's like one of the first things you get um, because it's a you order your dress that might take six months. And then we have to go through the alteration process. So I would say the first thing, mm -hmm. right after you get engaged, just go dress shopping. Unless oh, wait after you get engaged, <laughs> yeah, go dress shopping. Really? Because it, it might take six months. Like one of my brides, she's getting married in April. She just picked up her dress and she got, she went there. We went shopping together last year, April. Yeah. Cause we did like a cool mm. little planning thing. Dang. She just picked up her dress last month. We did a custom one. Wow. It's a colored dress. So okay. <laughs> and she's from another state Okay. Too. I mean, well that makes she sense. She had to come here and pick up her dress. So and it took that long to get here. But then, Tania, like your dress, you got it Black Friday and it arrived yeah. in March. Mm -hmm. What's that? Four like months. Four months? Yeah. So that's still, it got there, what, a month before your wedding? I mean, you know, I was cutting it close, but that's me. If you, you know me. If you know me, that's on brand for Tania. <laughs> that's like, like, why are we getting our dress already? You don't want to wait that late. Bride, she had to go get a whole nother dress because it just kept like the thing kept ticking saying dress coming this date. The date would come and go. And they're still saying, oh, oh no. the dress is processing. So, it's <laughs> Oh, no. Did she get her money back? I can't speak to that. <laughs> All right, y'all. So go ahead and make sure you get your dress like. ASAP chili. <laughs> I mean, or you can just reach out to me and ask me what I did. So it's, it's yeah. on the, the place that you're shopping. Okay. So where I got my dress, it was Winnie Couture. It was a long wait for the dress. And I did a lot of changes to my dress. They, there was like a flower on the front that I wanted gone. I didn't want all the extra tool underneath. So it took like eight months for my, mm. my own wedding dress, from my experience. Um, so, yeah. It takes time. <laughs> it takes time. Okay. So then what about the bridesmaids dresses? Like when should they yeah, have Yeah, so bridesmaids dresses in? have not really been a big concern or wait for me. Unless you go into like David's Bridal. David's Bridal, I'm not, 
I'm not much of a fan because they have long wait times. I've seen dresses come like where it's super late and then they're always running out of stock. So I've just haven't been a fan there, but there are other companies uh, like anthropology has a nice dress line. Like you can order that and it'll come in maybe a month if that. Um, so a lot of okay. these companies are not really taking a long time to get to the bridesmaids. All you need to do, Really is give your okay. bridesmaids a deadline on when they need to buy it, honestly. Because <laughs> I've seen the bridesmaids push it. Um, like most recently, <laughs> House of CB, that's been my new spot where my brides want to get their bridesmaids dresses. That place gets sold out. The bridesmaid was mm. lingering and not doing what she was supposed to do. And now that dress is sold out. Now we're looking on Poshmark. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! <laughs> if anything, give it. your bridesmaid a deadline to order their dress because it, it, th those dresses are coming in, um, no problem. Custom that takes that's a whole nother a whole nother mm. thing. Yeah, and we've talked to a few that have done the custom bridesmaid route, and I'm like, Ooh, oh, y'all have a whole nother. <laughs> y'all have <laughs> a four hundred dollar bridesmaid dress. Okay, it's a whole nother <laughs> tier. House of CB is too. They're right. The dresses are cute, really? though. At least you uh, can probably wear it somewhere else and nobody knows it's a bridesmaid's dress because it doesn't mm -hmm. give bridesmaid dress yeah. vibes. <laughs> That's real. Ooh. So since we're talking about the bridesmaids, let's talk about the groomsmen because we leave uh -huh. the men out all the time. When should the groom start working on his tux and then okay. the groomsmen? So I've had companies tell my groom, Oh, you could just wait till two months out and you can reach back out to us. I was like, are you serious? They really told him to wait till two months out. I don't agree with that. Wait, was that a custom that or a rental? rental? They told him to wait. Dang, okay. That was like the black tux told him that timeline. I don't agree with that. I, I'm an early bird. So let's just knock it out. Let's secure it. Let's make sure your groomsmen secure it. So around like four or five months is where I had uh, rentals insecure. Like I said, the deadline for the groomsmen, because groomsmen weren't, nobody had even looked at what suit or what color they were supposed to be wearing. Uh, <laughs> so you give them the deadline so then they can get that those things done. Um, grooms with the tux, custom options, you need to go well in advance. You need to go well in advance. Six months plus. Okay? Well in advance. Even just calling them and seeing what's the time table. <laughs> I think it's very important. Don't wait till last minute for custom. Like I said, custom is a whole nother route. I feel like it's a no-brainer if you're doing custom, custom invitations, custom outfits, custom dresses, custom suits. You need to just go ahead and call them and get a timetable when they think you need to come in. Yes, yeah, sooner, sooner than later. later. Okay. <laughs> So I won't tell y'all how long Brandon waited. So. <laughs> right. I mean, probably around the same time uh -huh. that I got my dress. It's probably around this. No, like <laughs> you said, a month. Come on, Courtney. <laughs> <Don't play me. laughs> no, um, I think they probably had maybe three and a half months mm -hmm. prior to the wedding. Um, so like the, around... Almost like so January of like maybe. last year is when mm -hmm. they probably started. Yeah, maybe I would maybe mid December 
is okay. when you know because we were talking about it but he wouldn't tell me like the colors and everything and they all got theirs custom made and so yeah brandon has some friends in some high places and you know other people yeah. they're not doing favors mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unless you're paying that rush fee rush fee will get you will get anything done money talks but who wants to pay rush fees and be stressed about it i don't like to be stressed about things so i'll just tell people to do it early yeah yeah. Listen to Courtney. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> like I said, about month to month. So call in advance. What's the timetable that you guys suggest? And then put it on your calendar for that month to month. And then kind of go from there. Okay. What about setting up the registry, mm -hmm. like the wedding website? I guess maybe in t like that should be yeah, tied with exactly. the save the date or exactly should that? So you want to have okay. your wedding website good to go. Um, around that eight months mark is my sweet spot. If you're doing it earlier than that, cool. It's beautiful, but you want to have it done with, so you can put it on that save the date so people can go and check it out. Uh, registry, nobody's going to really buy anything. <laughs> I have some brides who think people are going to buy things this part of it. Uh, no, that's not happening. <laughs> You might not even see movement <laughs> until a week or two before the wedding. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you right. But yeah, you can Definitely have that right. ready that far in advance. Um, I actually don't suggest having your registry that far in advance because from a bride perspective, when I did do that, um, a lot of my things were sold out. And then I had to end up adding more things or finding other things to replace those, um, like that China set that I wanted that they discontinued mm -hmm. or the vacuum that they discontinued. <laughs> so that's why uh, you don't yeah. really need to do it that far in advance. Nobody's buying anything. Align those type of things, with maybe that your bridal sense. shower, maybe you're doing a bridal shower three, four months out. You can have your registry good to go for that event uh, because a lot of people purchase off your wedding registry for your bridal shower. So then you can see a little movement from it there. Wait, so speaking about the bridal shower, you said three to four months prior to the wedding so is when- Bridal shower. I'm like, what is like- I've I had some bridal etiquette. showers that far in advance, mostly related to weather. They Like if they were in, um, they were in the spring and they didn't ah. really want, it's cause I'm from Michigan. We have a lot of snow up there. <laughs> you don't want to be dead. Gotcha. You don't want to do nothing in January in Michigan, in Detroit, okay? <laughs> You don't want to drive around in that snow. So some things might be pushed up a little bit. Um, but a lot of bridal showers are like two months um, out from the wedding. That's like the sweet spot I see. But when you're in Michigan and maybe you have a spring bride, you don't want to do things in January. <laughs> you don't want to do nothing in January. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It's too okay. cool for all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can have it indoors, <laughs> but, you know, you kind of look cute. And, yes, yes. But I'm in Georgia. I've been down in Georgia for 10 years now, so I haven't had to experience that snow. But I did have a bridal shower in Michigan, which was very cold. <laughs> you won your boots <laughs> and then switching them out to hills. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my okay. goodness. So... What about DIY projects? Like what type of DIY projects if we have any DIY brides 
what type of projects should we kind of do okay, in that so time frame? I've had some DIY brides doing decor flowers. We did a lot of planning for that. Okay. I, I we went somewhere where there was a giant whiteboard, okay? Giant whiteboard. We were mapping out things. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you why. Because she was not stressed that day. Okay. okay? And this is why this was. So we had to first map out how many tables you're going to have for your reception. Um, what are the other little decor spots? Welcome tables, bars, uh, the seating chart table, cocktail tables, all those different things. So we mapped out, okay, we want these different faces on these tables and decor. So then we mapped out what we wanted to look to look like. We buy those vases and then we broke it down where her setup crew, which was family and friends and things like that, we're going to have three of these bud vases, three of these candles. Here's a picture of it on the on the on this guest table. Guest tables 5, 8, 9, 12. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to have this flowerscape on tables one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, so Everything was mapped out on a sheet for those family members that are going to sit out the DIY item. So then it was clear. It, she had a lot of decor. People weren't just placing things. It was actually mapped out where things are going to go. So um, so DIY projects, this is when we start getting closer to the wedding event. You've booked your vendors. This is when we can start tackling the DIY projects. I think you should give instructions on how things are going to be placed or how you put that item together and just take your time with it. Don't try to buy things <laughs> a month or two before, like let's maybe do three or four months and, and break it up. So like with florals and decor, okay, let's buy the decor pieces. And then one month, maybe we're doing flower moxie um, and we're chatting with them mm. about, okay, this is what the flowers I want to look like. Um, and you order the flowers from them and then they give you a breakdown on how to put the flowers together. And then you map up how you're going to spend the weekend getting your flowers and decor together. Who's going to help you with it? Because you can't just do it all by yourself. Maybe you're going to have a little bridal luncheon and you're going to do a segment where you play with flowers and everybody builds their own bouquet. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of how you can break it up right there. So maybe four months you've you bought your vases, you've planned all that out. Three months out, you plan the flowers with flower moxie and you have all that together and you and then the month before you know all your final counts. Maybe you need to order more vases, maybe you need to order more flowers, and then you have it all mapped out on a sheet. And then you have a call with those family members who are gonna set up your DIY items. Cause you're not setting it out, you're getting ready. You're having a good time back. <laughs> right. So that's how you can kind of break it up for a DIY project. Flowers might be more extensive than other projects. Um, D people DIY all the time, um, like their their paper goods for the day, table numbers, welcome signs, seating chart situations. People DIY those all the time. So just make sure you have a team call with those people. <laughs> So they know what they're doing. They know where they're putting things. They know they have to move items right away. There's certain venues. If it's outside on the grass, that 
maybe that cross your dad because I've had a dad build a cross for a bride that was really sweet beautiful but you got to move that cross immediately after the ceremony because they're grass they don't want their grass to die <laughs> under the cross is dad going to have the capabilities mm. to do that because he might want to enjoy himself so we maybe had some cousins that were moving the cross back on the truck while he's enjoying himself so you just got to plan mm. out these different things plan them out in advance if you're DIYing things. That's my suggestion. That was a good one. Is that detailed enough? <laughs> no, that oh, was. Yeah. That was that was super detailed because it just reminded me, Tania, when your dad's supposed to do something for you. <laughs> it just hit me. Yes. I had I had the idea and it was a great idea at the time. But, you know, me being yeah. overwhelmed and stuff and my dad, you know, he's not going to do something just to do it. He needs us to sit down and have meetings. And I wasn't about to do all that. So, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. He needed me to sit down and do and um, do an AutoCAD drawing and everything, an and AutoCAD. Was, oh. you know, because that's what he does, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I was I, I didn't have the time just because of everything I had going on. Like I said, like in previous episodes, literally I went on my honeymoon and then it was final exam time. So like literally it was like nonstop of school. And yeah, anyways, that's besides this point. So no, I didn't have time to coordinate and do AutoCAD designs and stuff. So, and then also I didn't know who was going to move it. Cause like she was saying, like it was a great idea, but then that whole Mm -hmm. altar would have had to be moved somewhere and then it would have changed the like um it would just change like the design of the um entire reception and my dad's supposed to be taking pictures you know who's going to coordinate yeah so it was just too many moving parts definitely gotta have realistic Mm -hmm. people that are gonna move things take home things because mom and dad they're not always going to be the best choice because you want them to enjoy the wedding with you um, and having dad moving things, like I said, the, it's not the best choice sometimes, even though you would like them to, you don't need them to do that. <laughs> but then also not just moving, mm-hmm. like who's going to break it down at the end? Like while all the, all of the other vendors are trying mm-hmm. to like get out of there within an hour, you know, like where was all that going to go? And, you know, we're tired cause it's almost 11 o'clock. Maybe if it's, or mm-hmm. maybe it's even like midnight probably going on one o'clock so no you can't just leave so, it at the venue here's tip, so. <laughs> um, for another couple that i did there were a lot of diy things that, that were going on so much so that they needed a sprinter van so we hired a, a event staffing company that could do the setup and breakdown we had it really laid out on a spreadsheet for them and we had them come back at the end of the night and put it back in the sprinter van but dad didn't drive it home because he was drinking and we had this plan. We knew he was going to drink. So we had talked to you about leaving the Sprinter van there yeah. overnight so he could come and get it next day so he can enjoy himself. <laughs> so that was one, uh, one time we had the DIY Sprinter van situation going on. <laughs> Wait, Courtney. So this is like off topic or like off topic, but do you work with a lot of no, DIY? No, I don't. It's DIY too stressful. Rides? <laughs> I really <laughs> It's a lot of stress on the bride, um, especially if you're trying to do decor. 
I always like to trust vendors. There's beautiful florists out there. They and 50 million candles. Who's trying to pack all that back up, especially when the wax is <laughs> is all wet and all that? Like, let's just have florists. They know how to pack it up. Like, seriously, I had a wedding once. I took a picture of the room. It was like 11:15, and the wedding ended at 11. Like <laughs> they had that that mess packed up quick. Okay. I don't even think the bride had left yet. They had it packed up. I like I like that, okay? <laughs> DIY. That's when it's just too much stuff everywhere. You got to really be planned. You have to plan. When I have a DIY, when I when I used to have a DIY, we were planning to a T, okay? You got to do a lot more planning on the front end. You don't want to just not think about things. You got to think about the plan B of things. What happens if all these vases are cracked? A, a florist has extra, so I don't have to worry about it. Or they have a team that can go back to their store and grab more. DIY, what you have is what you have, <laughs> is what usually happens. Uh, so I, I really like uh, utilizing the vendors because you really want to walk into the wedding, enjoy the day, and leave the wedding. <laughs> You don't want to be stressed mm -hmm. about things. So that's why it's the easiest route. Just utilize the local vendors that you can find. Um, you were right about that because I actually uh, assisted on a wedding with, with my event designer. And that breakdown process was no joke. We literally, I mean, mm -hmm. it was like we had to move. And, and like during the reception, like we were pulling stuff off the table. We were like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, like in between friends and family, like, mm -mm. if you're doing all that by yourself, it's kind of like after you all kiss and, you know, pictures, y'all got to go around the corner, come back, get undressed. Because this is what you guys everything as down. brides don't notice while what we are doing during your reception. Because I don't like to take down decor while the wedding is happening. That's a big no for me. What we do is in little phases. So your charger plates, those slowly disappear while the dinner service is ending. And then we're stacking that cleaning them, get them back in the box. And then we're slowly clearing the table of all the trash and debris, catering team, planning team, all of that. And then we're pulling table numbers. We're packing that up, putting in the box. Um, other areas that were left, like cocktail hour, your welcome table, your gift table, we are packing those things up and put them in the back. So pretty much soon as the last song is done and we turn those lights on, we just have to, we quickly blow out the candles. We stack them on an empty table and then we're getting all those items, flowers, all of that in vases. So it's a really clean and easy cleanup process. So that's a whole hour before the event ends right there that we're clearing and slowly packing up your stuff and you don't even really notice because you're enjoying the event. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. just something we like to do. As a DIY bride, you're not doing that. <laughs> you're enjoying the night. You're not clearing charger plates and stuff like that. You're they're just hanging out on the table because you and all your friend, friends and family are enjoying yourselves. And here's one thing that each and every bride should do. Um, like you said, what's the the law and the planning process time? Like, what should I be doing? Um, you should assign one person or maybe two. That's your problem solver of the day. If things were to happen, they go to that person before they come to you. Each and every bride, I don't care who it is, they should have that person. Problem solver of the day. And the second person is who's going to take home all the wedding items. 
you have plans for these flowers the next day. You have plans for your gifts, your cards, all your engagement photos that's placed around the venue. Who's going to take all those items at the end? They need to have an empty car. They need to be willing to stay to the end of the event. Like I said, these this might not be mom or dad. I've had a lot of mom and dads dip out after cake because they can't hang like that. <laughs> they can't hang at midnight. So you need to talk with people and assign people and have those conversations a little bit in advance so they're well aware. So that's um, some things to do in that love process. Find those people. Um, and then another thing is for brides and grooms to get themselves organized. Put things in bins. Label those bins. What's in this bin? <laughs> Where is it going? Unwrap those items. Take the tag off that knife. Because whoever... Me as a planner, I take the tag off, but other people don't. <laughs> and you don't want a picture of that tag on that cake knife or your the little sticker. Oh my God, there's always stickers on the champagne flutes. Get that tag off. Because <laughs> other people, they'll be stressed running around. They're like, I'm going to leave the tag there. And then you got that tag in that picture. You might be type A like me and that might bother you looking at that picture with that tag. Um, acrylic table numbers. You have to you have to get an exacto knife and peel off the the screen that comes on the acrylic. Nobody got time to do that on the wedding day. Peel that off and organize all this in your bins. Label these items with sticky notes. You got time? Put these little sticky notes on there. Say this is the cake knife. You want this on the cake table. This is the champagne flute. Maybe you want it on your sweetheart table. Maybe you want it on your cake table. You can put that on there. Um, and make sure things work. Neon signs is all the, the rave right now. I had a neon sign not work. <laughs> the bride never took it out the box. That thing did not <laughs> So take it out the box. Please take things out of the box. I know you get them and it's like, oh, okay, it's here. I'm going to just stack it over here and hand it off. No, take it out the box. Test it. Put it over your bar in your house for a couple days. Make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of that good stuff please I've even had a bride she got her table numbers she ordered it from a great establishment but she did not take them out the package I pulled them out they were all blank all the table numbers were blank I had backups thank god <laughs> so this really organized look at your items if you buy things please look at them Take that time, that month or two before the wedding. Um, oh, and this is advice for people. Have your items bought a month like that. If your wedding is March 1st, have all your items purchased by February 1st. Like you shouldn't be buying anything. that You know what you want there. Have everything purchased in the box for that last month. So then maybe all you need to do is just peek in and make sure you have enough table numbers. Maybe you had to add a table those th different things, have extra table numbers, all that good stuff. Um, and it took three hours to steam that robe, but anyway. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> I know you, you can edit this out. <laughs> and I was kidding. I can't remember if it was really three hours or not, but it probably. Yeah, you should have a wedding <laughs> bag where it's yeah, yeah. all your details in that one bag. So when your photographer arrives, you could just say, hey, it's over there everything you need your jewelry your earrings your necklace bracelet whatever 
headpiece, put it all in there, put your a spare invitation, maybe put like two or three copies in a Ziploc bag, put it in that bag. So then it could do some style things with that. And then maybe you have some other details, your grandmother's bracelet that you want in the picture or different things like that, your shoes, throw all that in a bag, have that nice and ready. Because there's a lot of times where we walk into that bridal suite and the bride has no idea where her earrings are. She doesn't know where the invitations are. She put it in this box. Put it in one. Like you should have one bag for all your details and invitations and save the dates and maybe even print out an extra menu card and table number design. If you do did a lot of custom things, print out some extra stuff. So then you're, it really helps with your photos so your photographer can capture like this is a lot of the details of the day. Uh, people don't think about printing out an extra menu card and having that at the, at the hotel. Because that's a really cool detail that you might see on Pinterest, but you're like, I'm not going to get that photo. You can get that if you plan in advance. When you wait till the last week, couple of days, you're going to forget things. There's a lot of brides that forgot even their veil. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to forget important things like that. But I forgot my garter. I had one of my bridesmaids. <laughs> Yeah, not knowing I had one in my little robe box because I didn't open it up. I didn't open up until we got to the venue. Now, Courtney, who would you book last or who would you leave towards the end? So as a planner, I kind of move in phases. So the last phase was booking phases where you booked all your vendors. Next phase is logistics. So that's where we need to talk about how we're going to make this happen. Um, so you have your ideal timeline, You're, you map that out with your planner. Maybe you don't have a planner, you map that out with another vendor, like photography or caterer. So you've mapped out your timeline. Now you need to discuss this timeline with each and every vendor. You need to share this in advance so they can put their edits on it. Um, a DJ might give you some nice advice on different things of a nice flow that they've seen for receptions. Everybody's different. So maybe you're a party bride, maybe you're a dinner bride. Um, so this is the time to share that ideal time frame with your DJ, photographer, and kind of go through those motions with each and every vendor. And then just, you know, make sure you have everything that they need. Do they need extra tables and chairs and electrical outlets? <laughs> Do you need to add anything to your rental order for that vendor. So try to have those conversations during this time. That's like three, four months out from your wedding. So you're having all these different conversations with vendors. You're making edits as you get this feedback. And then from there, you want to have everything ready to go for your final walkthrough. A final walkthrough usually happens 30 days before your wedding. You want to walk into this meeting prepared and everything pretty much laid out. You don't want to be planning things at the meeting. Um, so you can, if you have a planner, they usually create a floor plan for you. Maybe you do not. And you can, you can ask a caterer to help you make up a, a floor plan or the venue can help you create a floor plan. So you walk into that meeting with that timeline that you've talked with each and every vendor about. And you walk in with that floor plan that you've talked with whichever vendor helped you create it. And then you get feedback from people at that meeting. So that's when you invite the caterer, you invite the venue, you're probably having it, the meeting at the venue, invite your photographer, invite your decorator. And of course your planner, if you have one, will be the one mostly leading that meeting. And you want to 
like I said, walk into that meeting with things pretty much mapped out and you're just making edits. So you're having, everybody likes to go through the timeline together, have conversations. Somebody suggests something, maybe you like that better and you make those edits. And then after that, tweak everything after that meeting. Um, if you have a planner, they're doing that for you. And then you just send out all that information again to all the vendors. So now everybody, 30 days plus, is well aware of this is what the day's going to look like. This is the floor plan of that event and what it's going to look like. And now we just need to wait for guest numbers. Maybe your guest count is coming up. So you can turn in those final numbers to catering venue and everybody. So um, that's kind of some suggestions for, for that time frame. Now, what about the shot list for the photographer? When does that need to be in officially? Yeah, so a lot of photographers don't talk to you until you're within two to three months from the wedding. So I would have it by that time. So about two months out from your wedding, you want to have your shot list laid out. And here's a little tip for shot list too. I always like to start big and then get small. So you can say you want all your aunts, uncles, mom, grandparents, and then you can say, only aunts, uncles, then you could just say just parents, and then you could kind of make it narrow from there. So aim for like that two months out. Same for your music list. Um, you want to have your music list done, ready to go, send it on two months out. Like I said, that by the time of the final walkthrough, you really want to have all your details done, and you're just kind of putting that final step on everything. All right, all right, okay, so... How about the RSVPs? Because I know that's important because, you know, during the pandemic, well, we're still in the pandemic, but, you know, USPS was off the chain and people were not getting their RSVPs. I know that um, I sent out invitations and some people didn't even get it until after my wedding, which is crazy. Don't know how that happened, but it was crazy. Okay. So I like to have your RSVPs one month before the wedding. That's the latest, okay? Uh, because a lot of times, a lot of caterers are two weeks before is when your numbers do. The bar is like a week or two weeks before. So I think, you know, having one month is a really good safe space. <laughs> Here's another thing though. Say you're doing one of those fancy seating charts that you see on Pinterest. Those take a month to be, to create, okay? That means you need to do your RSVPs earlier than that month if you're doing something fancy, okay? So if that's the case, you might need to do it a month or two. And I always do it backwards, okay? So your wedding is this date. You're doing your RSVP deadline a month to a month and a half because you're doing something fancy you need to get printed. Okay, so now we're at the RSVP date. Standard practice is eight weeks from then. So now you have your RSVP date, go back eight weeks. That's your start date of when you need to have invitations in hand to your guest. Etiquette wise, it is technically six weeks, but who wants to wait six weeks <laughs> for response? Eight weeks is this is a nice soft spot. If you're destination, it is actually 12 weeks. So you need to send out your invitations 12 weeks before your RSVP deadline. So your guests are probably getting invitations about four months before your wedding, if you're doing it like a destination. And then it's like three months if you're doing like the standard eight weeks. 
All right. Okay. Yeah. So you say you have your invitations. You want to mail it out on X date, which is eight weeks before your RSVP deadline. Have those invitations ordered maybe two months, a month if you're pushing it before, because it takes a minute to print. You don't want to be waiting. Like I said, there was a paper shortage last year. So maybe order it two months in advance. Get the, get those stamps that you need. Stamp prices have gone up, FYI. <laughs> get those stamps. Um, so you have it in hand. Like I, I have literally, <laughs> this is so funny because I have it sitting right next to me. I have a giant thing of invitations to go out for a client and we're going to ship them out. I'm going to send it out like uh, eight and a half weeks out. So then it's that half week. We'll get to, to them right in exactly eight weeks. <laughs> um, so yeah, order them about two months, month so it can get printed and get to you in hand. So you've given us a lot of information already, but do you have any other advice for the people out there? Well, just think about all the what ifs that come about and have those conversations with your vendors so they can kind of give you that ease of mind. And also consider when your law period is. Um, Wedding season hits us hard in March um, through the spring, and then it kind of dies down around June, July. So maybe you're having a lull period in a little bit. Maybe you're eight months out. Hit your wedding vendors up during the off season when the season's kind of dead died down, so you can have some conversations, kind of ease your mind about some things. Because I know some people they might be stressed about the rain plan. Let's talk rain plans and tents and what is our indoor options let's have those conversations early maybe with some vendors during the off season when you have some downtime and they have some downtime um but just try to think in advance about different things that you are concerned about and you know that might worry you as a bride and try to have all those conversations and mapped and there's a lot of tools online that give you questions you should ask vendors and things like that and try to have those conversations with them. Now we're going to go into wedding vendor love. Who would you like to shout out this week? Okay. So uh, Kitchen Afori, I want to shout him out. I recently just had his food at an event and the waffles were amazing. The chicken was amazing. So I want to shout him out. He had really good food. Um, Pastry Attic is a cake vendor. She had a really good tasting cake. And I'm not even a cake person. I really liked her cake. So I want to shout her out too. And then Kate's Mobile Bar. Um, she has a mobile bar company here in Georgia. And she's been putting all these drink videos up. And it's just really cool to see. Uh, so I want to shout her out too. She has a lot of cool work on her Instagram. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? So I'm going to actually shout out someone that Tania shouted out in the past. But it's Keo Bridal. And Keo Cook is the designer behind Keo Bridal. Her work is beautiful. I really wanted her to make a dress for me, but the timing was just too tight. It didn't work. If I ever have a renewal, another renewal, I'm going to have her make a dress. I'm going to tell you the dress in particular. It is that Tana dress that is the bomb diggity. Like, it is a two-in-one dress. It's I think like a fit and flare or mermaid by definition, but it is beautiful. It has like this jeweled bodice, um, kind of a swoop neck 
Well, is that swoop? No, it's kind of uh, whatever. It's just very, very beautiful. You could take off the skirt to make it more of a sleek, really nice dress for you to move around in, dance in for the reception. It is truly my favorite. But she also just um, released or launched a blush dress. She has a black gown. She has more like pieces that are being added to her collection. So I would just highly suggest you look up Keo at Keo Bridal. You look at um, all of her work and she's even in a few retailers like off the East Coast. So you may actually be close to a bridal gown store that has some of her designs, which is amazing. And I think she's based in the DC area. Everything I basically just told you is off memory. Like I love her work so, so much. Um, you can find her at Keo Bridal, which is K-E-O-B-R-I-D-A-L.com. Um, she's Keo Bridal on all the platforms. She's on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Like get her into your life. And if you're past that stage, definitely pass on that information to a friend. For real. Who are you shouting out this week, Tania? Yes, this week I am shouting out a vegan artisanal bake shop that is based in Tucker, Georgia. I know this is local. However, there was one point where I was looking high and low for a vegan bakery and um, it is black owned. The bakery is called V Taste Cakes. They are 100% vegan. So no dairy, no eggs, no animal byproduct. They also have soy-free and gluten-free offerings. And it's so hard to find a bakery that like is truly a vegan shop. And so they do all types of cakes. Um, and of course, they do wedding cakes, which is one of the reasons why I'm shouting them out. And so if you are in need of an all-vegan cake, please look them up. Again, that's V Taste Cakes. Um, you can find them on Instagram at V Taste Cakes. Or you can go to their website, vtastecakes.com. And you can either walk into their shop or you can order online um, or they can deliver it. And they even do classes. And so, again, if you're in need of an all-vegan cake, please look them up. It's black-owned. Everything looks amazing. And I can't wait to visit their shop. All right, that's who I have this week. So, Courtney, where can people find you if they want to book you, learn more. So they can find me at www.thecharmingdetails and details with the s.com. And then all my other social handles are the same. So on Instagram, the charming details, Facebook, the charming details. And then I'm also on TikTok now, the charming detail. <laughs> I want y'all to go to find com and look at our vendor list. Everyone that we've shouted out for the entire three plus years that we've been on air, everything's there. Yes. And not only are all of the vendors we've ever shouted out are on there, all of the wedding vendors we've had on as guests are on there as well. So you can find more information about them and their lovely vendor services on find.huidu.com. And don't forget to leave us a review, follow us on social, you know, we're who I do wed everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm sure I'm missing one, but basically if you're there, we're there.